Welcome to Tire Tracks, a banding technology podcast driving the logistics industry. And now your host, Patrick Escolas. Hey, it's me, your favorite victim for the podcast here. I get to have all the fun with uh, doing the Banyan Tire Tracks podcast still here at downtown Cleveland Hilton for our first ever users conference to connect 2022. Uh, I'm here with Matt Marshall with uh, Yellow. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Hey, I'm really happy that you're here. Now, you had a great keynote address earlier today. And for all of those that weren't lucky enough to be here with mm-hmm. us, could you kind of give just a summary of that? Sure. Um, it was great. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I mean, that's everybody said so. Yeah, standing ovation. They're yeah. actually still clapping about it. Right Joking now. aside, um, you know, I was asked to talk on a couple topics. First of all, the market, uh, and really from a market perspective, you know, um, the gentleman before me, Brent, gave a great, really in-depth analysis of what we're seeing, leading indicators, so on and so forth. I kept it simple. Uh, you know, in LTO, we focus on a couple of key metrics, one of which is inventories. Okay. So, and you're really seeing a bifurcation in the market today when it comes to inventories because we know retail is bloated. You know, you've seen the the releases from Target and others about yeah. how they, they are carrying too much inventory. Which is interesting considering where we were at. Exactly. And so you, you counter that with the industrial market, which really is still coming out of a phase where they are lean on inventories. Okay. You have the chip shortage from automotive standpoint. The chemical industry is still extremely lean on inventories. So from a market perspective, you've got these competing forces where retail customers are ordering less. Yep. The industrial market is ordering more. Mm. And you've got this confluence now where capacity has opened up, but how those evolve over time is going to have a big indicator on what this economy looks like next year. And then I talked about the fragility of the market. You know, we just had a major event in Florida with the tragedy that affected so many families down there. Yeah. You know, events continue to shape this supply chain because, you know, the the unfortunate part uh, is the tragedy. The benefit is when we rebuild, it, there is a jump start to the economy in that. Right. And it's, it's interesting because it's one of those things that as you're in the day in, day out, you forget that it's not a standalone thing. Yep. Logistics as a whole is affected by every industry, is affected by global, yep. political, and all those events. And yeah, I, it's one of those things that as I see, you hear about that in Florida, yep. I wouldn't immediately go, oh, how is that going to affect you know, mm-hmm. what we have as far as availability and capacity concerns? Yeah. So I touched on the market briefly. I, really, the, the primary point of my conversation was just to really remind everyone of the industry issue that's kind of been swept under the rug the last couple of years. You know, we've we've been so focused on our supply chain and the disruption in the supply mm-hmm. chain that we've gotten away from the discussion of the driver shortage and how it's exacerbating. Right. So spent some time talking about the real pressures that are on that market. You know, the average age of a driver is still over 50 years. Yeah, was there, and I remember during mm-hmm. it, there was a push to lower the age that you could start becoming a, a driver. For, yeah, correct? well, I think that's on Capitol Hill right now. Oh, okay. um, to To drive across state lines, you have to be 21 years old. Each state makes their own rules within the confines of that state, but but across state lines, correct. Okay. So what that does, and and you know, it's it's a safety feature and it's an important topic. But regardless of the outcome of that, until then, you've got this three-year gap where people who finish high school, they want to learn a trade. It's difficult to get into this market as a driver unless you're doing it locally. Mm-hmm. So that's one factor. Uh, the age of the workforce uh, is another. The clearinghouse and the number of drivers that are not able to be qualified as a result of failing the testing. Okay. Largely marijuana-based. More than half of the infractions are marijuana-based. That pulls people out of the market. Is that is there a look to change that as it's becoming more legal uh, across different you states? Know what? Or because I, I, at a federal level, it's still... Yeah. Uh, my guess is it will not change, at least not in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. 
it's not something I'm terribly close to. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think everything boils down to safety, safety of the driver, safety of families on mm-hmm. the road sharing space oh, with that absolutely. driver. So I think those pressures will continue there. No. And so we've got a few of those is just because there's more restrictions on top of not having a bigger pool or are there other, qu- what well, else is going on? Really what we're having to do is we're having to manufacture drivers because the market, the labor pool continues to shrink. Okay. So what we do is we just opened our 22nd driver Academy. Okay. So we are, if someone comes to work for yellow, um, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time with them. They'll work on our dock. We'll get to know their work ethic. And then if they qualify, we will pay for them to get a CDL. Right. So it's about a 320-hour course. Um, they earn pay the entire time. They obvi- At some points, they'll have to go to a driver's school. We'll cover that lodging. Mm-hmm. But uh, we generate about 1,000 drivers a year right now and what through is that, that program. And you said 320 hours. What does that look like as of actual time of start to finish? It, um, I think it's down to nine months. Okay. I'd have to check. Gotcha. No, um, so, so there's still a gap. It's and, a significant and a, and a investment. Lag in what you're, yeah, putting a lot into it. And then even once they get through that... What's what's to keep them with yellow after you put that investment well, it's, in? That? It's interesting. It's actually a, a federally approved apprenticeship program. Okay. So so we do work with the federal government on this. As a result of that, though, um, you cannot require someone to sign a letter of commitment saying, "Hey, if I go through this program, I'll work for two years." To, to make sure you get something exactly. back from it. But what we're finding is, and this is fabulous, is is the retention rate on those employees is through the roof. Well, because you you go out of your way to give them another source of income and a future, really, instead of just being on the dock. Exactly. And and you think of the average American, how many can come up with the money and the time to get a CDL? Most people are out. They need to earn a wage on a daily basis. So this gives them the luxury of both. And the employees are extremely appreciative. Right. And, I mean, it's in a market that isn't going anywhere. It's in an industry that's going to be needed. Now – You've got that. You've got that in place from Yellow's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to catch up at a certain point, or do you think you're going to be chasing that? For no, a while? we're going to be chasing it. Right now, we're about, depending on what number you use, the market's probably about eighty-five thousand drivers short every day. Okay, and we're projecting, you know, with the aging workforce and these other pressures, that that gap's going to widen to. 130,000 by, see a lot by more, 2030. A lot more retirements and, and walkaways than so, people coming into it. And, and you know, you've got competing forces here because while there's all these pressures that reduce the labor pool, the, mm-hmm. the economy continues to grow. So there's need. We're short today the increases already. and the need is still going to increase. Now, uh, this, this goes back to my old life where I was talking a little bit HR and with people in the trades and construction mm-hmm. industry or how do you educate people mm-hmm. on this being a potential way that your life could go? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're doing Huge. as far as are you educating the younger Huge. population or trying to get into Absolutely. schools? Absolutely. We, uh, you know, and I'll get the timing wrong. Go back five years, eight years. I'm not sure what it is. People used to line up for these jobs. Yeah. And, and you really had experienced people that you could choose from. Uh, trucking organizations, particularly LTL organizations, they've had to become recruiting organizations. So we have this massive talent acquisition department mm-hmm. that solely focuses on helping our facilities to recruit drivers. It's, it's as simple as job fairs, the normal thing. Yeah. But we also, we partner with the federal government um, on veterans. Okay. You know, veterans coming out of the military looking for a career. Yeah. We provide alternatives And they've there. got a lot of hard skills that you'd be looking for Absolutely. just in basic military logistics. Absolutely. And then the other really underpenetrated portion of the market that we're trying to recruit is women. Oh. Women make up less than 8% of the driver force in America. And they're better than us. <laughs> 
That's what my wife says every day, and I believe I, her. I'm I'm pretty sure that's not debatable. But <laughs> um, but in all sincerity, you know, w- women make up 50.5 percent of the population in the U.S. And what do we see right now from a, a within it's the about eight tr- percent? Yeah, that's, that's a so, huge pull. Women in Trucking is a massive organization. We're very big proponents of it. Tamara Jelving, uh, our VP of Talent Acquisition and Safety, is heavily involved in that. Okay. Um, I think the conference is November and this year. We'll probably have 80 to 100 people there yeah. uh, as we continue. And and it's an, it's not just drivers. You know, it's dock workers. It's supervisors. Everything within it's, there. It's leaders throughout the company that we're promoting. How do we better capture this portion of the market? So we talked about the, the driver shortage, what you're mm-hmm. doing to an individual that might be watching. Well, why? Why why should I be a truck driver? Why, why should I get involved? Why should, well, I, why should I listen to you recruiting me? So it's interesting. Um, Give me we, your pitch. Tell me why you want me to work for you. <laughs> well, so there's a couple of things, and Brent said it well this morning. Um, if I'm a young person and I'm looking to get into an industry, I want to get into an industry that's growing. Right. And this industry is going to continue to grow. The reality is, you know, at Banyan, you're, you're one of the leaders when it comes to technology. Exactly. But you still need a human being to pop a truck against a dock to move. You know, if I want to go buy a television at Best Buy tonight. Yeah. How many human beings had to touch that television before it's in the store? Yeah, we're trying to make it less, but there's never not going to be Agreed. a few a few different hands. In so, there. so there is definitely a future in it. The second thing is, it's a very lucrative career. I mean, not just from a salary standpoint, but at Yellow, you know, we we partner with the Teamsters. We're a union yeah. organization, and our our Teamsters don't pay a penny for benefits. And in a world today where health costs continue to skyrocket. Uh, you know that that is a significant value to a family. No, I, I mean that makes a lot of sense, and and with that, and this is one since you're talking to a younger age and mm-hmm. not even millennials anymore, whatever we're we're labeling the next thing. How do you how do you appeal with kind of their priorities and what mm-hmm. they're looking for out of a job with not only just the benefit side, but kind of getting more out of it because you know yeah. everybody wants to work towards something, not they just do. for that paycheck. I agree, and and it's interesting that among driver classifications, it it used to be I I would take a job and I would be happy in that job for 20, 30 years. Right. There's, there's opportunities to advance your career. You know, you could start off as a box truck driver, which isn't a full CDL. Right. Um, a lot easier entry to something. Exactly. Like then you can move up and earn your CDL through us. And then maybe you move out of the city operation and you move over the road. Um, the, the other thing about truck drivers is they're very proud and they're very competitive. Yeah. So we love, you know, our representation at the national truck driving championships every year. So it, it's an opportunity for those that take tremendous pride in their craft to celebrate it. Uh-huh. So we promote that as often as we can. Are you telling me that there's truck drive racing? Like uh it's not really racing. Okay. No. Okay, cuz I got I got really excited. No, there there is. I believe it's on Saturday before the NASCAR races on Sunday. <sighs> but it's it's really not the LTL industry. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. We, we, we tend to practice things more like you know safe turns oh. and backing to a dock and those skills, not just pure speed. No, and that's understandable. <laughs> and it's probably better for everybody involved. But I, I had a moment and a glimpse and a thought right there, and I'm like, wow, I'd watch those left turns. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that'd be good. Uh, oh. Something else we're doing though is from a, a driver recruiting standpoint is we're we're undergoing a major transformation right now. Okay. Where we're bringing our four asset based brands together as a single company. Right. Consolidation. A Consolidation bit. and and there's there's tremendous benefits for the consumer. There's tremendous benefits for us as a company with mm-hmm. efficiencies and cost savings. But from a driver standpoint, there's benefits as well. You know, we're in our line haul networks. We're retooling our line haul networks so that freight moves over shorter distances. Um, more drivers home every night. Yeah, and that quality of life is so important to the young driver. 
You know, the best in class in the industry probably have 90% of their drivers home every night. Okay. Which, you know, that that will appeal more to that younger market. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that that, that was a, a reasonable or logistical possibility. It is an LTL. Okay. Not necessarily full truckload. Understood. But an LTL, we can offer that quality of life. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now we we talked a little bit about what you're doing and mm-hmm. where where did carriers fit in? Was it just driver shortage with a lot of the supply supply mm-hmm. chain disruptions in the past? Or was there, I mean, obviously, what, what did that look like? For wow. Everybody, it was craziness to everybody in a certain yeah. way. But what did that look like from a carrier perspective? Well, I think I think the first thing, if we go back to the beginning, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to our drivers, our terminal personnel. Because you remember the early days of the pandemic, you and I were never spot going to the grocery store. Yeah. And yet we had people showing up in a public place. Drivers stopping at 20, 30 customers a day. Mm-hmm. And th- this country needed that service. Right. Like, it, we, we slowed down to a halt, but yeah. it still kept going exactly. on, on the backs of those that were still going out day in and day out. So that's the first thing, was just how the, the LTL community, and particularly Yellow, reacted to support the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that's really happened from a carrier perspective is education. Okay. You know, uh, our CEO, uh, Darren... You know, he's on a committee that meets on National Hill. Okay. You know, he, he had representation with President Trump. He's now part of a group that meets with President Biden. So being involved in that process. Is- As the government starts to understand the impact of the supply chains, the crisis in the ports was the hot topic for the longest time. People waiting around and exactly. never getting anywhere. And what, what are they losing out on money? So, you know, I think there's an audience that's available to companies like Yellow as the second largest LTL carrier in the market right. where we can further education. And and let's let's face it, Capitol Hill is going to influence all of us. Um, yeah, you know, in and out of the industry, there will be impacts that that affect transportation. They so, get the final say. Absolutely, <laughs> whether we like it or not. Yeah, hundred percent. No. And then the, the third thing I, I think really was just managing the uncertainty of it. Um, you know, things got incredibly slow, and then they got extremely tight, extremely quick. And c- carriers that were nimble, that had plans, where you know we were fortunate that we had. Um, we, we still have four brands in market. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had we had one facility closure that I'm aware of due to COVID, we were able to transition all that work to a neighboring facility. Okay, and you had, redu- you had redundancies. Correct. So that's the other thing when you go through an, a time of extreme pressure in the supply chain. It's how do you have contingencies? How do you have redundancies built in to continue to support the customer? And with that, and just kind of we're getting to this as a organic kind of thing. What's one main point you'd say kind of a, a, a walk away statement mm-hmm. towards either the viewers or people sure. in the logistics industry or just here's a chance. What do you got? Well, I, I would say uh, I've been at Yellow for 24 years and it's provided a tremendous life for my family. Um, I've probably had 10 different roles in that time. So I've been able to learn a lot, but I've never been more excited to be a part of this company okay, because of the consolidation we just talked about. Yeah. What we're about to do, and, and we've already started our first phase of three phases where we're building our new super regional network. Uh, we are going to reduce cost. We're going to make better use of our driver assets, particularly in the city. Yep. Um, we're going to be moving on more of a regional clock, which based on the Amazon effect, merchandise has moved closer to the consumer. Yeah. So that next day and two day market is where the demand is today. So, so that's where you got to live. And we are building this company. We have very strong regional capabilities today through three best in class regional brands. Okay. As we complete this transformation, though, the entire company will become a super regional that can offer that service throughout. So on a much bigger scale. And and some of the classic examples are uh, we're in Cleveland, Ohio, right now. Today. Go Browns. <laughs> yes, go and Guardians playoff bound. That's right. Um, Comes tomorrow. 
Today, we don't offer a regional service to Philadelphia or to New York or to Boston because they cross two different asset-based carriers' lines. Okay. If you look at the southern port of, of Holland's footprint down in Atlanta, we don't offer regional care capabilities into Florida, into Texas. When we complete this transformation, and it'll be into next year before it's done, all of those markets open up. So we, we are not only creating efficiencies and reducing cost, which benefits the consumer, but we're about to be a player in markets that we've never played in yeah, before. Yeah, you're, you're opening up more opportunities, not only for yourself, Absolutely. but for your customers. That's so, awesome. Incredibly exciting. Hey, Matt, it has been great having you with me. Uh, he pretended like he liked me the whole time, so we're really happy for you. Well, he brought up here. his wife. I had yeah. to. So. <laughs> yeah, she, is, she will be watching this. <laughs> no, but thank you very much. I, I love getting the information, especially from the carrier side, because sure. that's one that, even as I'm talking to my clients, you know, 3PL shippers, uh, all I hear is, are we connected to him? Can we can we do that? And I like hearing a perspective, mm-hmm. especially I'm not from the logistics space, the mm-hmm. background. So this is all really good. And like you said, you know, we need drivers yep. and we Desperately. need people in the logistics space across the board. And we need women, women in there too. I Absolutely. Mean, again, they're they're smarter than us and they're better truck drivers. So get at it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. This is uh, thanks again, Matt. Thank I, you. I love Appreciate being here. Me. And uh, thank you for another episode of Tire Tracks. Thank you for listening to Tire Tracks. Watch for new episodes dropping monthly and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast apps. For more information about Banyan Technology, visit banyantechnology.com.